0: does that sound familiar for 2020 is that all what we were feeling putting on a happy face crying inside and at the very end we're just tired i think most of us would agree that this has been a very tough year a very difficult year as it relates to 2020. Uh, i think i've told you before i remember years ago thinking man the year 2020 that that's pretty cool 2020, and then it gets here, and it's nothing what I expected. I don't know about you, but you know, when you begin to look at life and you begin to look at those moments in life that, that something changes, that something actually happens in you that's bigger than you, or something that happens that you're looking at and you think, Man, this is the most terrible thing that could have ever happened, or this is so inconvenient, and then you find out that God just kind of shows up in the middle of it. You see, that is something that we as Christians need to thrive on as it relates to our spiritual journey. And basically, what I, what I want to do is I want to kind of talk a little bit about last year. You see, when you see the title of this, it's a little misleading. It's almost like seeing beyond 2020 and looking into 2021, and I've seen news reports, I've seen people talking about, it's got to be better than 2020. I'm actually not even talking about that today. I'm talking about looking back at 2020 and seeing beyond what seemed to be obvious to us, looking beyond and seeing that there was something else out there that God particularly wanted to do in our life. Now, there is something that I did come across I found kind of fascinating. According to Google, the the most searches this year contained the word why. Whereas the words what and how are normally the greater searches. If you go back years ago from, from back when Google began and all that, the, the typical words that showed up in searches were what and how. Yet in 2020, the question, the word came up the most as form of a question was why. You, you know, that's probably what a lot of us were doing during 2020. Why? And when you think about why, there seems to be the answer to the why, I don't know about you, seems to always have a component of faith associated with it. Why? Why did this happen? Why is this so, so controversial? Why is this so inconvenient? Why does this have to happen? I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 11 as we begin our search this morning on this whole idea of why, on this whole idea of looking beyond 2020 and and, and looking at it the way that God may want us to look at this past year. So we're going to see beyond 2020. And and I've entitled this message, Corrected Sight, Corrected Sight. Most of you uh, in this room probably have some type of uh, lens, uh, whether it's glasses or contacts, or maybe you've had this surgery. I'm, I'm right now trying to get used to what's called progressive lenses. And I'll be honest with you, that's a challenge trying to get used to these things. And, and, and I'll tell you this, as it relates to it, the corrected lenses or those things that correct our sight, they, they can be very good at times to help us to see what we need to be seeing, what, we, what is obvious out there. Now, what I want to do is I want us to look at what, how can we look at 2020 possibly in a greater way, in a more correct way, in the way that God desired us to look at 2020. So look at the introduction. Biblical faith is the corrective lens necessary to see God at work in this fallen world. That's what we need. You see, I guarantee you, if you go back and look at 2020, and you didn't look at it through the lens of faith, I guarantee you, you missed a lot of what God was up to in your life. What God wanted to do in and through you. I guarantee you. Now, you say, well, how do you relate all that? What what do you mean by that? Well, first of all, we've got to look at what is faith? What is biblical faith? And the first thing that we see there is seeing. Seeing things that are not apparent to the senses or to others. In Hebrews chapter 11, we have a fascinating chapter here in the Bible. And many would say that this is uh, possibly your favorite chapter because it it goes back and talks about the faith of those in the Old Testament and and talked about how God worked in and through them. But in Hebrews chapter 11, look at verse 1. Look how it all starts. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. It is by faith, basically, that those who lived before us, those who lived in the Old Testament, they obtained a, a great story from God, and it only came about by the measure of their faith. Now, skip down to verse 13. These all died in faith. "...not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth." Verse 13 is the whole idea of seeing beyond, seeing beyond. And that's what I want to challenge you to do. As you look back at 2020, see beyond what was the obvious. See beyond the inconveniences. See beyond the circumstances that that, that created all the different challenges that we had in our life. And I want you to see what what kind of faith story could come from the whole idea of what God is up to. And, And we see this right here in this verse. Oswald Chambers once said, Christian faith is not completely intellectual understanding. Faith is a deliberate commitment to the person of Jesus Christ, even when one can't see ahead. When you can't see anything, you look to him. How do you look to him? By faith, by faith. How many of you remember the old Polaroid camera? Do you remember those? You take the picture, and all of a sudden it goes... And then, you know what I'm talking about? You love the sound effects. I worked on that all week just to get it perfect, but anyway. And, and, and out came that picture, and, and you look at it. Now, if you showed that to the, to the kids today, they would look at this and say, what is that all about? Because how did it come out? Well, first of all, it came out all white. Do you remember that? Then it got black. And then maybe about five minutes later, all of a sudden, you started seeing a picture come about. A little fuzzy. But think about that, that that's, that's, that's how it came about. Now, I want you to think about 2020. I want you to look at last year. A lot of you are still looking at last year like that black skirt, the black part of the development process. How many of you think you're looking at it that way? I mean, just be honest, you look back on it, it's just black, I, I, good riddance to 2020, let's get out of here, let's move on. But what if there's a clear picture That God wants to show you concerning you back in 2020. What if there's still something back there that, that He wanted to reveal or He desired to reveal in and through you as it related to 2020? In many ways, faith works the same way as this Polaroid picture. It it, it is difficult to see, but as time goes by, it becomes clearer and clearer and more apparent until one day we see the complete picture. Now, for some of us, it may be heaven before we see the complete picture. And and, and that's where our faith is extended even more. But for some of you, you know there's been times in your life when you look back at some time in your life and while you were going through it, you absolutely didn't understand why you had to go through that, why it was necessary, it was the greatest heartache of your life, it was very painful, and then as you get beyond it, the picture clears up and you begin to see that now you have a story of faith, story of faith. You know what's amazing? Our culture has created this instant society, hasn't it? Isn't it amazing that just maybe 30 years ago, we had to have a Polaroid to have an instant snapshot for, it'd take five minutes now. What do we have now? We have a phone that can, bam, there it is right there. And you see, we've been conditioned to think that if we want something, it's immediate, it's right there in front of us. When faith does not work that way most of the time. It takes a while before it develops into something that we can actually see, something that we can actually get our hands and our minds around, our hearts around. And so, if, when you, what is faith? It's seeing, but it's seeing beyond what may be so apparent. Next, what is faith? It's trusting, taking God at His word. Look at verse 3 of Hebrews 11. He says, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are are seen were not made of things which are visible. There's something that was at work behind the scenes. Now we're looking at those things now, but there was something that was working even behind that. What's in front of us is apparent, the creation. But what went on behind it is the part that it takes faith to know, and to appreciate. And so skip down to verse 17. We have a similar story. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. When it was said the promises, it's that whole idea of what Abraham was promised in the first place through Isaac, that that his offspring would be as numerous as the stars in the sky. And so there was that promise that was hanging out there. And verse 18, of whom it is said, in Isaac, your seed shall be called. Verse 19, concluding that God, Abraham concluded in this. He saw all this. It didn't make sense to him at times. It was difficult. And he says, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. He knew, you know, he, he got to the point where he, he couldn't imagine how this was going to turn out. He was told by God to do, to offer his son up to him. And, and so he was about to do that. And, and as he was making his way up that, uh, that mount, he, he was there, that mountain, he was there. He was doing exactly what God said. He didn't understand a lick of it. It made no sense to him. He was right there doing exactly what God called him to do. You know, it's amazing when we think about these things, but really with faith, if you say, what is one of the main components to faith? It has to be trust. It has to be trust. In Hebrews chapter 11, here's what I want you to think about. We have a collection of faith stories. God desires us to have faith stories. Now, how many of you, um, I, I know you, uh, if you've listened to me any period of time, you know I like grandchild stories. I love to hear stories about my grandchildren. I, I do. I I love to hear stories and, and when I hear them, you know, good, bad, and ugly, I like to hear the stories, you know? And, and it's amazing some of you can identify with that. It just brings a smile to your face when someone tells you a story and, and sometimes a story anyway, but there's those stories, right? Did you know just as much as we love to tell grandparents grandchild stories, did you know that God loves to hear the faith stories of his children? The faith stories means everything to God. Matter of fact, we're getting ready to learn in just a moment that it's impossible to please God. Think about that. We have the potential to please the heart of God, and here's how he says we do it when we have a faith story. When we have a story that doesn't appear to be apparent in everything, when we have a story in which everything out there seems to be trying and difficult, but yet there's something behind the scenes that's, that's working something out for our good that's right there, that's the kind of story God loves. And we, right here, we see what God loves in Hebrews chapter 11. He loves faith stories. So I want to ask you a question. In 2020, did you have a faith story? Was there something back there in 2020 that you look beyond the present circumstances, the the present inconveniences, the the times of when it required patience and you didn't have any, but you look beyond that and you said, you know something, God did do a, a work in my life back there. There was something back there that he did do. I do have a faith story. It's interesting Ideas concerning faith. Let me give you some things that people said about faith. Faith is total confidence that God will do what he says he will do. Faith is a total abandonment to the will and ways of God. Faith says, God, I don't totally understand what you're up to, but I trust you. Faith says, even when I don't understand, I know you and I trust you. You see, that is the heart of faith. Next, what is faith? It's pleasing. Matter of fact, it's the only way to please God is by faith. Look at verse 5 of Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 5 says, by faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had a testimony, he had a faith story that he pleased God. Boy, that would be pretty special. That your testimony, the testimony that you have is that you please the heart of God. But how does that happen? Look at verse 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. You're not going to please him apart from faith. Now, the fourth thing that we see, what is faith? Is believing. Believing from the heart that he is. I want you to look at verse six again. It says, but without faith it's impossible to please him. For he who, who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And then skip over to verse 31. It says this, by faith, here's another faith story. The harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe. When she had received the spies with peace you probably remember her story and yet she was someone who responded she didn't just have a belief she had she responded to the belief that she had in her heart to protect those people of god i want you to think about that until we know think about verse 6 again until we know jesus until we know jesus god is merely a concept And we can't have faith or true belief in him until we experience him. How do we experience him? The Bible says by faith, by faith, seeing beyond the apparent. Now, I want you to look at this phrase in verse six. The purpose for diligently seeking him in verse six is to know him, to see him working, It literally means a deliberate view of him, which requires seeing beyond the fallenness of this world to the obvious work of God in our lives. It's that whole idea that there's something going on behind the scenes, going on behind the scenes. You see, this kind of corrective sight is what pleases God. When we notice what is going on behind the scenes, when we have insight that God is working, even in the midst of our struggle and our sorrow and the th- times we don't understand, He's still working and we have faith that He continues to work. So, looking back on 2020, do you see beyond it? Do you see beyond it to the work God desired to do in you and through you? Next, what is faith? It's releasing. It's literally releasing God into any situation. God, I don't understand why I had to go through this. There's that word again, why. God, I don't understand why we had to go through all these inconveniences. God, I don't understand why why we lost this loved one and so many other loved ones. And why, God, why, why would you allow that? Well, it's really, when you think of faith, there's a component of it in which you release God into any given situation that you're in the midst of. Because you're honestly trying to seek him, not only by knowing him, but by experiencing him. And you're literally releasing him in to your own faith story. Look at verse 32 of chapter 11. We go to verse 32 and it says, and what more shall I say? For the time would fail. For the time would fail me to tell uh, of Gideon and Barak and Samson and and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets who, through faith, subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the store, uh, sword. Out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to to turn to flight the an, uh, armies of the aliens. I want you to think about this. He, he's talking about, there's there so many other faith stories I could tell you about, but let me give you the gist of what we saw in the Old Testament and the stories of old. Now, let me just tell you this. The stories of old and the stories of faith didn't end with the Old Testament. Look at the stories of the New Testament. Look at the stories in which we live today. God is writing a story for you, and it's a story of faith, because that's how we please him, because that's how we release him into the situations that we find ourselves in. You see, releasing yourself into a given store, into a a, a given situation, faith, here's what you want you to understand about faith, is a joint effort between you and God. And that's what we read over and over again. It's almost like Hebrews 11 is a drumbeat of here's another faith story, here's another faith story, here's another. Does God care about faith stories? Most definitely. And he wants to write a story of your life. Next, what is faith not? There's a a whole idea out there about what faith is that's really not faith. There are some people out there who, 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 who say it's power that we tap into. It's power we tap into. For you nerds, and I used to kind of look at things like this. We try to spiritualize science fiction. Star Wars. How many of you remember Star Wars when it came out? How many of you remember trying to work a theology into Star Wars? Star Wars. May the force be with you. Oh, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the Spirit of God. And this is, uh, you know, Darth Vader is the evil one. And we've got all this works of righteous <laughs> light and darkness. How many of you? How many of you did a little of that? Just me. Okay. <laughs> I knew I had a different mind. I, I kind of think Dennis, you do. Uh, but anyway, I'm just just saying. I mean. But, but, but it's interesting how we, we can do that. And there's some people who take their theology from these little side stories that are created by man. But let me tell you this, this, this whole idea of faith, it's not power that we tap into. It's not may the force go with you. But let the Spirit of God lead you, guide you, and empower you as you carry out his purposes and thereby pleasing God himself. You see, when we hear that whole idea, may the force be with you, it's an impersonal thing that's hanging out there. But the thing that we are looking to is something that is very personal. It's a personal God. It's not something we're trying to tap into. No, it's a personal God who's creating purpose within us, who's creating a life, a true life within us of him interacting with us that we would all have stories of faith. Next, what is faith not? It's not a button that we push to make God act. It's amazing some things that you hear over the airways or hear people talk about and they They talk about, uh, it's basically that idea that God has to do what they say, (laughs) and it kind of blows my mind that people are in that, Uh, but God is not some genie in a bottle that we command him to do certain things. He's not that. You see, a wrong view of faith creates disappointment and resentment towards God, Everyone that I know that comes to me and and they have those why questions and and, and they, they don't understand why God would allow this to happen or this has to happen this way. Many times when we begin to talk and we begin to get down to really what the story is, they have a misconception of who God is. They have a misconception of what God may be up to in their life. They have a misconception of what this world is really all about. It's a fallen world. Terrible things are going to happen in a fallen world. But God wants to write a story of faith in the midst of this fallen world. That's what pleases the heart of God. Next, what hinders faith? For some of you, you may be sitting here today and you're like, you know something? When I look back at 2020, I I don't see any faith. I I just see one frustration after another. I I see one disappointment after another. I I have one why question after another. I've seen this person pass. I've seen this thing happen. How can this really happen? Do you know what you're admitting in that? And I've had some of the same things. You're admitting a faith problem. I've had some of the same questions. I've gone through just the same mentality that you've gone through. But when it really boils down to it, it's a faith problem. I have a faith problem. Do I know that sovereign God has a plan for my life, has a purpose for my life in the midst of a fallen world in which he would love to create a faith story in me? Do, 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 have I lost track of that? Have I, I just totally missed it? I think for many of us in 2020, let's be honest, we totally missed it, what God could have possibly been up to. And what, what caused that? Well, look on your outline. Number one, operating in the flesh. Operating in the flesh. Let me say this. Things to keep in mind about faith. Let me, let me, this is so important for you to understand. The flesh is not strong enough to support faith. The flesh is not strong enough to support faith. When you bring the elements of flesh into the the picture of what you're dealing with as an individual, let's admit that it's weak. It caves. It disappoints. It doesn't lead to hope. It doesn't lead to a faith story. But you see, when we, when we begin to, to move outside of our flesh and move into this realm of faith, and we realize that the, the flesh is part of the fallen world, it's what's interacting with the fallen world, it's what's interacting with the disappointments and the frustrations, and it brings the feelings that we have, and we don't allow our faith to supersede that, then we are standing there Confused. We are standing there frustrated. Next, the faith life, this is known on your outline, the faith life is only lived through the Spirit. One verse in Scripture that really amplifies this thought is Galatians 2.20, and many of you know it by heart, but I want to give this verse to you in the Amplified Bible. Listen to what it says. I have been crucified with Christ. What you to think about that. There, there's a part of me that has died in Christ. What part is that? If you go do the research and you begin to look at what Paul writes and all his writings, you'll find that it is the flesh that's intended to be crucified, to be put to death. It literally means in him I have shared his crucifixion, meaning I died in Christ and now I live in a whole new way. Now I live not by flesh but by faith. It is no longer I who live. I'm not the one in charge. I'm not the one there. uh, The the flesh is being crucified. I'm not the one always responding in frustration. I'm not the one. No, there's there's a whole different nature to my life now. So it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. What does Christ want to do? He wants to make his power evident through your life. What does Christ want to do? He wants to work in your life and through your life. What will it look like? It will look like a faith story. That's what it'll look like. And the life I now live in the body, I'm still in this body, there are limitations associated with it, but now I live by faith in the Son of God. What does that mean? uh, It means the reliance on, the complete trust in. And who's this directed to? I live by faith, how? In the Son of God. When it says in the Son of God, it's that whole idea that I'm living my faith. Listen, I'm living my life by faith in the context of who God is. And it's not just some impersonal God out there. Look what it says next. Who loved me and gave himself for me. That's powerful when you think about it. Powerful. My new life found in Christ must be lived by faith for me to have understanding of the possibilities of this fallen world. For me to understand what 2020 possibly was really all about. Next, what hinders faith? Well, we've already said, operating in the flesh, but number two, operating in unbelief. Once you to look at verse 11 of Hebrews 11, it says, "By faith, Sarah, many of you may be familiar with Sarah, Abraham's wife, okay? Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, okay? And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him, judged God, faithful who had promised. She had a a son in her older age. That's probably a, a really older age, okay? Now, is that the whole story? That she had a son late in life and she claimed God's promise for it. Is that the whole story? No, it's not the whole story. Her, her faith story started with unbelief. Her faith story began with the promise of God that through Sarah, God would bless the nation through the seed of Abraham and Sarah, yet, Listen, she, the, her whole story didn't start with faith. Her whole story didn't start with belief. Matter of fact, she tried to go around the story. She tried to go around the promise to manipulate something that could come about. And boy, did she cause a lot of havoc because of it. You remember the story of Hagar and Ishmael? If you don't, go back and look at it. Genesis chapter 16. But here's the point of it all. What we find here in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11, was not the whole idea that she had unbelief at one time, but what? The, her unbelief became belief. That's faith. Aren't you glad? That God, when he wrote Hebrews eleven, he talked about the possible victories these people had aren't you glad that he's not sitting there and he's focused on the the, the stories of our unbelief and and those things without faith because that doesn't please him, but he's bragging on the fact that those who did eventually begin to live by faith? How many of you that breeds comfort in you that he sees the finished work that he sees that He wants to be pleased through your life. Because, listen, speaking of Sarah, because of her flesh and her unbelief, she could not see the work of God. So she manipulated the circumstances to create something that did not require faith. She created a mess by not responding in faith. But yet her faith, the, the unbelief became faith. Isn't that a great story? You see, for some of you, maybe 2020, that was your story. All of a sudden, you were in the midst of all these trials, all these inconveniences, all these circumstances that kind of blew up around you, all these plans that, that failed, and, 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 and God, you felt like God let you down. And, and there were those moments, boy, I had those moments where there was unbelief that you didn't please the heart of God by faith. But as you've worked your way through it, as you began to see that God possibly had something He was up to, you begin to see a finished work. And it is God. Who desires to be pleased by that work? Think about that. We can please the heart of God. But how does that happen? By faith. By faith. So did you have a story that went from unbelief to belief? What hinders faith operating in fear? There's a lot of people out there today that are living in fear. I'm talking about extreme fear. Now, I'm not talking about just being cautious. There's times we need to be cautious. There, there's people who tell me all the time, oh, man, we wish we could be back at church. We, we miss the, the congregation. We miss being there with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We miss that. And, 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 but yet they know they can't be here. It may be a death sentence for them to be here. That's not fear. That's just caution. But there's some people, it controls every aspect of their life, fear. Look at verse 24 of chapter 11. Look what it says. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ's greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. You see, this is another story of faith that pleased the heart of God. But did it start there? No. You go to Exodus chapter 3, and God's calling Moses He's saying, I want you to be the deliverer of my people. I want there to be a great faith story. When it's all said and done, we want a great faith story. What I've done in you and through you. Did it start that way? Absolutely not. Do you remember the story? Burning bush. All of a sudden, God's calling Abraham, uh, Excuse me, Moses out. He's, he's saying, this is what you're gonna do and we're gonna do this and here's the plan and here's the promise. When it all came down to it, Moses was bound up in fear. But yet, what do we read here in Hebrews chapter 11? He didn't have fear. You know what God was celebrating in Hebrews chapter 11? God was celebrating the fact that his fear became faith. His fear became faith. He, it became something that he, he looked beyond the, the king of Egypt. He, he looked beyond the circumstances. He looked beyond the gravity of all the responsibility, and he began to see a work of God that became very Think about it. Both Sarah and Moses eventually turned their unbelief and fears into faith. And remember, here's what we need to take from this. And this should comfort us. God sees the finished product of our faith. So where's your faith headed? Where's your faith headed? Next, wise faith tested. Someone has said a faith not tested cannot be trusted. I agree with that. How now think of this, how has or is your faith being tested? And and why, why does faith need to be tested? Look on your outline quickly. Number one, to prove whether our faith or your faith is real. Think about that. How do you know it's real? When it's tested. Every one of these faith stories have a test associated with it. I don't know about you, but for my own personal evaluation, my own life, 2020 was a testing time for me. really was. Not only in my own personal life, but also as a pastor. There was a lot of uncertainty out there. I tell you, when you feel responsible for a church... And you, you know the decisions you have to make to keep people safe. And you gotta make decisions you know that, 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 that kind of balance everything and, and still live by faith. Be cautious, but live by faith to, to help people who are struggling, not just from what COVID can cause, but the cause of the closures and everything and, and all these different things that are popping out. I mean, it's been a hard year. But why does that have to be? to see if we have faith. Number two, why is faith tested to grow our faith? I like to think I grew a lot in 2020. Did you? I've grown some, I, I wish it were more, I'll be honest with you, but I've grown some. Still pretty impatient with my driving, but the rest is, I'm working the rest out pretty good. Why is faith tested? To bring glory to God. That's what Hebrews 11 does. Great stories of faith. What's the intention? To glorify God. To glorify God. Next, what empowers faith? I want you to look at verse 13. It says these. It says this. These all died in faith... Not having received the promises. Now, this is the future promise of the Messiah, what Christ would do. But having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. You know what that literally means? They saw beyond their own existence. They saw beyond their own circumstances. They saw beyond whatever they were faced with. Okay, and that should be a challenge to us. Look at verse 14. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. They're they're seeking something that is beyond the fallen world. What reaches beyond the fallen world? Faith, faith stories. The coming new home for those who know Christ. That is what is out there. So in these verses, we see a system of faith. What empowers the faith of those mentioned in Hebrews 11? Look on your outline. I'm going to quickly through this. Discovering what God was up to. Number one, they had to discover what God was up to. But it didn't end there. Embracing what God was up to. It's not only discovering, but embracing, embracing the promise, understanding, confessing what God was up to. That means you, you come together with God and you agree on something. For some of you in 2020, you got together with God, maybe after a period of evaluation, you agree. You know something? This was tough. But you know something? I I must agree with you, God. You did a great work in my life doing. It's confessing. Next, acting upon what God is up to. You got to act upon it. You got to go for it. I don't have time for this, but a great testimony of this is in Romans chapter four. You can turn there and read that. Now, what are the types of faith? There's two kinds. The practical demonstration of faith. If you want to do a study of the practical applications of faith, I'll help you out with that. The book of James. Study the book of James. Practical application of faith. Matter of fact, that would have been a great help to you in 2020, the whole book of James, to be honest with you. Next, the potential demonstration of faith. The potential. Look at verse 39 uh, of, of Hebrews 11. And all these, those with these faith stories, having obtained a good testimony, how did they get it? How did they have a good faith story? Through faith and not received the promise. These are people that didn't have it at their disposal what we have at disposal right now. The, the, the glorified image of salvation the promise of what Christ has done, it's not something that we're looking to, it's something that has been done. And then it says, God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. They're, they're talking, listen to what this is saying. Their faith could not see clearly the salvation that would once be provided for them by Jesus, but their faith did demonstrate a God who could provide that salvation. I want you to think about that. That's what these two verses mean. It's all about seeing. So how does a person receive faith? Here it is, Amplified Bible. If you acknowledge and confess with your lips that Jesus is the Son of God, in your heart believe that God has raised him from the dead you will be saved for with the heart a person believes it literally means has faith in trust in relies on relies on and so justified that means you've been acceptable before God and with the mouth he confesses declares openly speaks, speaks out freely about his faith and confirms his salvation that's what it's all about so here's the application let's face it 2020 was a difficult year for most all of us. But is it possible that the corrective lenses of faith could have made the difficult less obstructive and frustrating and more monumental and celebrative? What you think about that? For some of you, 2020, here's how it will be remembered. Obstructive and frustrating. But possibly for some of you, and the only way you can get there is by faith. It was monumental, and you're celebrating what God has done in and through your life, through it all. So, faith has a way of allowing us to see clearly beyond the inconveniences and heartaches of this world. And think about it. All the way to the person of hope, Jesus. Faith leads to Jesus. And that's the reason everything is perfect when there's love Think about it, when there's love, when there's joy, and there's hope, that's where peace is. Would you pray with me? Father, we just come to you right now. And we just thank you for your greatness, Lord. We thank you for who you are. We thank, your, your, we thank you so much that you're bigger than this fallen world. You're bigger than 2020. You're, you're, Father, even through all the calamity, all the confusion, all the different things that came our way, Father, there was great potential for you to show off in our life. There was great potential for you to write a faith story for us. And, Father, I just pray for those of us in this room, Lord, that maybe as we look back on 2020, that we'd set aside a time to uh, just evaluate what took place, Lord, that, that maybe we can get a glimpse of what you're up to, Father, that as we go into 2021, that it may not be any easier, but, Father, we have a fresh perspective. We have the corrected lenses of faith that we're allowed to see what you're up to in. Father, help us as we began this new year, to trust you, to have faith in you, to look into what you desire to do in and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Before Jonathan comes, I want to tell you one thing real quick. I want to thank you and commend you for your giving in 2020. Listen, we had probably the lowest numbers we've ever had attend church, and yet your giving, we didn't miss a lick. Our budget for last year was 1.2, right at $1.2 million. We came in $60,000 above budget this past year. That is amazing. Yes, it is. It is amazing. To see what God does when when our back is against the wall, when we know there's still a task, when there's still a mission out there that we need to be doing things. And y'all, this is in the midst. And and I'm just going to tell you, this is where you need to be praying, where a lot of churches are closing their doors right now. And we need to be praying about that situation too. But all this is happening in the midst of that. I just want to commend you for allowing God to work through you. We didn't miss a lick. Our missionaries are fully taking care of those that we support. Even more so. Even more so. Because we give to them based on percentages. God is good. Jonathan.